Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello, it's the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And tonight we are joined by Alice Evans. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> we have got Alice here tonight because, well, she's a wonderful person. She's a mother of two. She's the director of Systems Change. Um, she's a traveller. She's a school governor. And, yeah, she literally lives down the road. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you for coming, Alice. What is Systems Change and how do you direct it? <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> so I work for a charitable foundation and we are trying to think about how you can make people's lives who experience homelessness, drug and alcohol, contact with the criminal justice system better by making all of the public services work together. That's like a real job, Helen. Oh my that's gee. not getting free pyjamas on Instagram. That's a real job. <laughs> oh my God. So we should explain. So we've got you here. You're a friend of ours. You've been through quite a lot. So later yes. on, we're going to be talking about the old uh, the old breast cancer there. That's always a, a Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and the menopause, another of my favourite comedy topics. I bet you can't wait, guys. I cannot wait. It's I love the menopause. Gonna be so jolly. But oh. um, yes, no, because you know we thought we'd a bit of light and shade, Helen. Isn't that right? That's right. I know. You know, it will be talks about fannies and tits, but <laughs> but there'll be some facts. Yeah. That's why you're here, Alice. That's our pledge to you. <laughs> That's right. right. We're going to talk about breast cancer. We're going to talk about you having things chopped off, taken out, put back in again. Yeah. And how you, you've got through it in your journey. I love a journey. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I have the best new tits in the world. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> I know. The chat, not the bra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to kick us off, Alice, tell us about your family. I have two girls, Matilda and Io, who are seven and nine, and I have a partner, Matt. She is actually married. She doesn't <laughs> like saying this, listener. Why don't you like saying you're married? Because... Oh my God, you look like you're going to be sick. <laughs> Just, it's all right, we're all friends. Circle of trust. There's only tens of thousands of people listening in. <laughs> because I don't... Uh, I, did, I just didn't want to get married. Why not? Because uh, I think it's a declaration of ownership. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> what, you didn't want to just get thin and wear a really expensive dress and make other people come a long way away to have a party that they don't really want to come to? No! <laughs> <laughs> what, at a cost of thousands of pounds? What's wrong with you? No! What, what, is, that's wedding, not normal. My wedding cost £400. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what did, like what did you spend that on? Uh, a really nice tapas meal. Oh, that sounds great. I know a couple who were like, they were like, look, we're, we're getting married. They did have a, a budget, but they were like, she was like, I don't care about the dress. I don't care about the food. I don't care about the venue. But I think we should spend all the budget on our favourite music. And they were like, yes, let's do it. So at their wedding, they had actual Chaz and Dave. No! Yes, they had a reception in a pub, <laughs> but they had Chaz and bloody Dave. Shit. That I is what I call that. a wedding. Yes. <laughs> So why did you get married then if you if you didn't want to do it? Uh, we got married because of my history of breast cancer. Oh, so, okay. Well, Romantic. My fam- <laughs> <laughs> I might die. Yes. Marry me. Yes. No, it was him who wanted to get married. Oh, does he want you dollars? Well, nothing says romance like chemo. <laughs> no, it wasn't chemo. It was. Um, I haven't had cancer, but it was. Uh, it was. Um, 
it was because all my family have died of breast cancer or ovarian cancer and I have a family history so he thought I would die and then he thought he was scared of mm. what would happen to the children so I agreed to marry him Ah, yeah there were a few restrictions <laughs> <laughs> like what like what like uh, he can never call me his wife oh wow that's amazing. So, so this you're is the first on Scummy Mummies. <laughs> I like it. We're getting it. an exclusive. I liked it because I only found out you were getting married because you and I were out having a piss up with the girls because Alice has been a friend for many years. She's like, oh, and she just drops it into conversation. <laughs> oh, and I'm getting married tomorrow. We're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm getting married. God, oh, can we pass the Prosecco, please? <laughs> what are you wearing? You're like, a dress. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So how have you found it? Has, it, has marriage been as dreadful as you'd hoped? It's been, it's been... Do you wake up miserable every day? I do. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's made absolutely no difference to me, but it has been a fantastic thing for my partner in terms of security. So it was a mm. very good thing to do. Did your kids care? Were they bothered? They were at the wedding. Did they wear like an Elsa dress and a Anna dress? <laughs> No, no. Oh, that's sorry. I'm talking to the wrong person here. You're talking to clearly an uptight feminist. Oh, God, that's right. It's all denim dungarees at your house and misery. (laughs) Bloody is. There's not a shoe in that house that isn't flat, I tell you. Dear God. We did play Jolene as our marriage song. Oh, amazing. You need a, you need your own Instagram account about you know just hating marriage. I think that'd be great. Yeah, not married, oh, no, not your wife. Can most I people wait. Most people wait till after their wedding to hate marriage. I like that you got it out the way before. That's nice. I do just want to say that when I go to other people's weddings, I'm very excited for them, and I will always cry. Really, oh, I will always cry with excitement. But inwardly, you're thinking you're just a chattel. You're proving you're just a chattel. <laughs> No. no, no, no. I would never judge other people like that. <laughs> to their faces. <laughs> so, Alice, how would you describe your parenting style? Do you have one? Do you know what parenting is? These are questions Helen and I ask ourselves on a regular basis. No. Do you know, I keep thinking I'm going to get found out and someone's going to tell me I'm not grown up enough to be a parent. <laughs> That's, that's my inner voice all the time I always feel like I'm the teenage babysitter and we're always having like takeaway pizza we're like it's okay it's okay I know I turn up to that is how I would describe your parenting style it's okay just <laughs> running around going it's okay it's okay that's what she's my book it's, yeah. it's okay it's okay yeah no worries, the house is on fire it's okay it's okay, it's okay. eating the soda cream it's okay <laughs> I love it. I love it. If they're not dead, it's okay. <laughs> oh. can, you, can you relate to that, Anis, or is your, is your style a bit different? My style is very, very focused and very dedicated. No, I can really relate to it. <laughs> <laughs> Matilda really likes talking about the time when we got very drunk at your house. Oh, yes. The Wuthering Heights dancing, I think, <laughs> yeah. is, is quite oh, legendary. Yes. <laughs> I think and Ellie Ellie's, uh, has been to your house once or twice. No, just the once, I think. Oh, God. Like twice. And then um, we had that TV programme on we didn't realise any of the children were watching yeah <laughs> so yeah we, we just, I just met you that day you very kindly um, invited me around with Helen and a load of other mums and kids and and Pete came we were all in the kitchen drinking obviously and Pete came in my husband and said um, I think you better come in the front room and I was like why and he's like I'm not sure the kids should be watching this and I was like oh just relax man you're so <laughs> uptight like it's just TV it's fine and then I went in the lounge and um, on the screen was two ladies in their underwear making out, let's say that, um, while another man fired a machine gun. And the man, Ellie, politely came <laughs> into me and went, um, Alice, is this what you normally let your children watch? <laughs> I didn't really know how to phrase it. I just met you. I was in your house. I was like... Eating her hummus. I couldn't really say what the fuck is wrong with you, even though that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> So, it's all right. I said it. I think afterwards, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. So I think I think someone had put on like a YouTube, like a Disney thing on YouTube, and then but it it had autoplay mm. on, and there wasn't. So it just had forwarded onto this trailer for this dreadful film. So, um, but you know, no 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 judgments. 
now. We all we all moved on. I think Charlie was too young at the time. He wasn't really watching the screen. So some of the older children, but they're not mine. That's fine. <laughs> not really bothered about them. So it's I think, okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> My children are fine. My children are fine. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I think we've nutshelled that parenting stuff. I think we've done the family chat. Should we move on to the serious business, Helen? Yes, let's talk breast cancer. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah, you know, I haven't had breast cancer. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, Alice, I have been misled. That's not why you're here. I'd like you to leave, please. Okay, I'll go. Or just make it up. I'll just finish my wine. So you haven't had breast cancer, but you have had a mastectomy. Yes. Unusual. So yes. how did you how did you get there? How, how, what's the journey? Well, <laughs> I mean, it sounds hilarious. Let's let's tell an amusing anecdote about having your boobs chopped off. Oh, you have to laugh, otherwise you'd cry. So my mother died of breast cancer when I was nine. My aunt died when I was five, and my granny died when I was seven. So and some first cousins have died of it as well. So they always said to me that I was going to get cancer. And that I was very likely to have a family history of it, but they could never test me. So every time I've been to the doctor since I was 13, they've always talked to me about cancer. And then... Oh, how relaxing. What a, what, going to the doctor... I've got a You're going to die! Yeah. Good. Yeah. It actually has literally been like that. So oh. ever since I was 18, they, I would go in there and they say, you know you've got a history of breast cancer and a family history and you're very likely to get it. Uh, we need to do something, we need to refer you somewhere, we'll take you somewhere. And I said, no, I don't want to talk about it. They have a way of testing the genes, which is to see whether you have these two mutated genes, to see whether you're a mutant, which is BRCA1 and BRCA2. And five years ago, they were able to test me because all my family are dead. So you used to have to have someone who'd had cancer to be alive to see what the mutation was. Right, okay. Okay. Because it's very expensive to test a gene mutation, and it's also very difficult to know what the gene mutation should look like. So the only way you could spot the gene mutation was to have someone who'd had cancer and then test it against it. Okay. But all my family were dead. Inconveniently, they'd all died 20 years ago or so. So they could never test me against it. And then they've developed knowledge enough that they can now, if you're high risk, like I am, they could then justify the cost and they would test you. And I had it. So I have a BRCA1 gene. That must have been a good day, finding that out. It was the best day, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Not because Matt left our new Sonos player on the train when we'd found out that I got it. (laughs) Oh, God. That's almost worse. (laughs) Almost. So when you... I hate men. (laughs) I know, those bastards. Awful men. When you uh, think you've got a family history of it, the guidance says that if you don't get tested, then all they can do is they will start scanning you, but they won't offer you any preventative treatment. Whereas if you get the gene testing and then you get positive, then you kick open a whole load of treatment. So I always thought I was going to have cancer and I always thought I'd die of cancer because if you get the cancers that are associated with it, they're very aggressive form because they're hormone based. So when I got told I had it, I immediately got the options to have treatment. So for me, it was a, it was, mm. it was awful, but I knew I was going to be tested positive And I knew that once I'd been tested positive, I could. So it wasn't a shock at least. It wasn't. No, you know... it wasn't. And they, 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 before you go for your, um, your genetic testing, they make you see counsellors and they talk through all the options and they talk through what it is and they have family awareness day so you go along and you can go and sit and meet people who've done it and they make you meet nurses and all of that so it's it's amazing the support you get for me I suddenly went into a label I was a mutant and I could then you're basically an x-man that's how I look at it like yeah I, I'm, I'm Dr X-Men. Xavier is in the building exactly. yeah 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 what's my superpower can't wait to find out gene mutation yeah yeah and this was after you'd had the children is that right yes well, they will test you from 18 plus, but they won't do anything until you've had children. Okay. Why is that? Well, there's no, that's not true. They will do stuff if you haven't had children, but they tend not to start taking your breast... Well, they won't take your ovaries out till you're 40. Right. But they took my ovaries out at 35. Right. So they won't do certain treatments because of the wider impacts on your health. So you can have your breasts off from 18 onwards, but... I mean, it's great having your breasts in your 20s. I mean, the things they did, the things my tits did in their 20s, they had a great time. I had a brilliant party trick. Tell us, Alice. Uh, my tits were so big that I used to be able to lick my nipples. Ah, oh, that was Helen's party trick. That was my party trick, Alice. I was doing it in the Southern Hemisphere and you were doing it in the Northern Hemisphere. I didn't know this 
about you. <laughs> didn't you, Helen? Didn't you do it at an audition for the Cambridge Footlights once? I yes, I I I I, <laughs> I offered it, but they politely declined. <laughs> I just don't understand why. I mean, that's how John Cleese got in, surely. <laughs> No, but yes, it's a good it's a good skill. It's this is good. a really good skill. Yeah. It's a good skill. I mean yeah. now I just do it when I'm coming out of the bath. But you know <laughs> bending over. You drop a bit of yogurt down. Yeah. Long, you can yeah. just lift them up. That's yeah. right. just practical. So so you had all this testing, so then so then you so then you started having preventative So I yeah, they tested me and then the moment they tested me there are three options. One is that at that point there were three options. One I could do nothing but surveillance. So I could go for MRI scans and mammograms. But you can't test for ovarian cancer. There's not really a treatment for it, a screening for it. So you just have to take the risk that you'd get ovarian cancer. Um, or you could take, you could go into research trials and they could look at you as a research trial person. And you might get offered certain drugs. Now you could take tamoxifen as a preventative thing. Mm-hmm. Or you have the surgeries. One and two didn't seem particularly appealing to me. because uh, I mean, none of them are, you know... Lab rats! It's, <laughs> it's not like the end of 3, 2, 1, a speedboat or, you know, a trip oh. to Tenerife. It's, <laughs> it's not a great selection of options, oh, I, I don't think. know. I don't... I mean, maybe. I think for some people it's absolutely flaws them and it absolutely destroys them, this stuff. But for me, it was a wonderful opportunity because I could get rid of really really big heavy tits that killed my back mm. which you probably mm. know. <laughs> my 38 g's yeah, that, yeah. yeah people stop asking you to lick them at parties that would be just such enough. a massive relief enough you know just so tired of performing you, performing performing yeah. could you choose the size could you go actually i'll have those yes. those ones i think it, it it becomes a real question of whether or not how you define your femininity and how you define who you are and for me how i defined who i am has never been about how i look so having my tits cut off was not a thing that was going to mean that i was going to lose who i was i think for other people it's a much much bigger issue because their tits are who they are. Mm. My legs are who I am. You have great <laughs> legs. Don't cut those off, Alice. That would be a mistake. My liver is who I am. It's served me very well over a period of years. I think my liver is... Yeah, yeah. it's very attractive. Because um, I've never had very big boobs and I've never... Yeah, I've never really felt that they're part of my mm. identity... And I like to think I feel the way about my my womb and my bits and, you know, yeah. but I'm grateful for them and they've done their job. job. Um, but I, th- I feel like I could live without them. But I guess that's very easy to say when you haven't been in that situation. So I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I can tell you I can live without them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, li- you literally will live without them. That's the beauty of it. I guess that yeah. is the whole point. Yeah. But when you're, when you're going to have your breasts, cut off they um, where I was the Marsden they did insist that I went for counselling beforehand to make sure that I was able to cope with having them taken off Mm, because for some people it is a major loss because you are losing a major part of what society deems is what makes you a woman for me it was a whoa I get to choose my grandma had it done when she was 75 I think and (laughs) yeah you know she she didn't bat an eyelid really and she's now 99 so (laughs) it was probably worth it you know it's a funny it's a funny thing so did you like draw a picture of what your new bangers would look like you're like I want or did you take into like pictures from no 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 but they did I did have a moment where I sat on the edge of the bed and um in the hospital and the consultant was sat and it was a male um sat right there at the end of my legs when I was completely topless and he was drawing pictures or lines all over my breast and discussing what size I wanted them and measuring it all out <laughs> sounds like being at Rigby and Pella <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> oh you're a little bit close <laughs> what was that here like he practically straddled you and then like drew on your drawing them and saying well how long do you want them and this is the measurement so this is how long it goes from here down to your from your shoulder down to your nipple yeah this is your width and this is your oh my god were you tempted to go like down to my knees i want like (laughs) i want to be able to roll them up like a swiss roll how long like no because he was going you have got a very ample bosom (laughs) i'm aware of this i know and he was like and then they were described as very pendulous Oh, oh, that's always nice. Isn't pendulous. It? Oh, 
fucking hell, my breasts are pendulous. I mean, they really were pendulous because two breastfeeding, they were swinging yeah. like, yeah. So I, did, I got to decide and I got to say what size I wanted. And then, then when they did the mastectomy, they opted because they were so big. They basically had to cut all my skin off, take everything out from inside and then fold my breast skin back over itself because it was so big. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fold it in half and back up. And, like uh, a pasty. <laughs> yeah. And then they put... Calzone uh, on these. <laughs> just too much. Do stop I me. I love the references much. on this podcast. That's... <laughs> There's mozzarella in one side and <laughs> tomato in the other. And then um, so, so they put um, basically inflatable things inside. So they put it in so that then they could pump it up. Shut your face. <laughs> so if I wanted them a bit bigger... He could just pump them up and then that would expand my skin. It turns out that when I came out of surgery, I mean, I had I had a complication when I came out anyway. I didn't need them to go any bigger. I was mm. plenty right. happy with that. Ding dong. 10 out of 10, Doc. <laughs> yeah. I'll take these yeah. home with me. Thank <laughs> you very much. They are odd sizes. Because I've my complication here. Yeah, can you not see? That one's bigger. That one's much bigger. Yeah. Uh, now, well, now you're point no, no, poking feel, it. If you feel it. Look, can, can I? Do yes, you mind? They're not real. They Look, feel real. Oh, they love... God, they they're nice. Not, I know, I know, I can't. If I start, I won't stop. Well, they can't. <laughs> not since university. Exactly. <laughs> it's all right, I can't feel it. You can't feel it? No. So you've got no feeling in them? No. So it's not... So not, not even in the skin? No. So there's no nerves? No. Is it like just holding your arm? No, because that's got no, nerves in it, mate. You can feel it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> no, it's not like anything. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I can, I've got some sensation back up here, but none... And have you had them draw, nipples drawn on? No, I've got my real nipples, oh. but because I was so big, that nipple died a bit. I had necrosis of the nipple, but that one survived. Well, do you know, I've never felt another woman's boobs on the podcast before, <laughs> or indeed, ever. Really? But I quite enjoyed oh, it. Oh, there we go! I liked it too. And Clearly it meant nothing to one. Alice. <laughs> she didn't feel a thing. <laughs> This is like that. Sorry. It's like Westworld. <laughs> I tell you what, this is in your face, Mama Sarah. Don't get Jane Garvey feeling someone's tits, do you? Hi, Jane. Thanks for listening. Yeah, love you. Love you, Jane. <laughs> yeah. See you at the Christmas party. Don't get Jenny Murray giving Annie Lennox a good squeeze or something like that. No, I like. There's our Sony Award done then, Ellie. It's done, mate. <laughs> I like people to feel it because I think that that. There are so many women who are going to have to have double mastectomies that mm. it becomes terrifying. Mm. And actually, they were really solid when I got them. And then apparently they... Someone... I read somewhere that they use this term, they fluff up. Wow. <laughs> and so you massage them and they've just gone much, much softer. Was... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kind of the whole process and the aftermath, what you expected. It was very painful after it, and I got discharged two days after, and I was on a beautiful cocktail of painkillers, but then because I started to have necrosis, which is really well, I had to get back into hospital, and then that's, it was, got a bit painful then, mm. and that was a bit, that wasn't so pleasant, but then I just became a medical interest, because mm. <laughs> no one has necrosis, and so that went on. It should have taken two months to recover, and I think I took four months for it mm. to fully heal, but I was back at work. And um, yeah, no, that was all fine. And and how long ago was this? I had my breasts off three years ago. Yeah. So how are you feeling now? Oh, amazing. Yeah. My risk is less than yours. <laughs> all right. 
like, don't show off. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, oh, oh. Has her boobs got off and now she's all smug. Oh, I my goodness. than yours. Oh. That was like a one to five percent lifetime risk. Well done. That. And, and you had your, your, your areas taken out as well. Did you have my your areas? Yeah. Your ovaries. I can be a grown up. I can be a grown you up. You can be a grown up. You're not you, talking to a child. All right. You had your ovaries taken out as well. Yes. So I had a laparoscopy. I had a BSO, an oophorectomy. The okay. keyhole. So they cut in, took my ovaries out. So they're going out around your tummy button? The one then... through my tummy button and one down here. Right. There so were three use... incisions. So just above your pubes. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping your pubes finish in that area. And then um, <laughs> I like mine nice and white. I don't like Simon Cowell with no trousers on. <laughs> I saw that the other day in the B&B. She went through full nutty the other day. But I just oh, don't, I don't even time. think about it. I know, right. and it drives Pete mad. I walk around the hat like, with the curtains open. And I just, no, I'm just like, like, if someone's really getting a kick out of this... Good fucking luck to them. Because <laughs> quite honestly, this body has seen two children. <laughs> so yeah, so you had a couple of you had a couple of jabs in the three in, holes. They're yeah. tiny holes. You can't even see the scars now. And then I was home the same day. But my my breast, I then had another surgery to put the these are silicone implants. Mm. So I had another surgery the year after to put these in. The they silicone. they cut the hole over, they yeah. lifted the flap up and stuck them in, and then sealed it back up. Was that painful? No, well that was six weeks recovery time, but mm. it wasn't that painful. Mm. No. Oh, so what are you going to get rid of next? Knees? <laughs> Ears? Anything could go. Anything's no. up for grabs. <laughs> Back to Harley Street. No, oh, but they no. left the option open so that if I wanted to in later life, that there are two options. One is you have implants and the other is you have a Dieppe flap. Pardon? So they basically take out some of your stomach fat and then put it into your breasts. Oh, so yeah. if you had that, then you would have more sensation because they just cut out all and then they stitch back all your blood capillaries and put a gauze over it and then put it into your breasts. Never See? mind the sensation. Think of the brie you could eat. Just... <laughs> I mean, you All the weight you could put back on. <laughs> you do put it back on. Yeah, yeah but Damn just it. for a few months of, oh. you know, cheese and chips. Oh, being, and firm tits. Being happy. Being happy, mate. Cheese, chips and firm tits. Yeah. That's, that's, that's... So I might have that in, a, in 20 years yeah. or so when I go. So what, you know, having been through it all, what would advice would you give to someone who's considering having this done or is going going through it? I what advice did I give that's a really good question I would say to really question what it is you think is important to you so for me I thought my nipples were really important to me and therefore I really wanted to keep them and then I lost one and I realized I don't care about my nipples Mm. and and then I was talking to someone else who's who was really knocked for six about having a BRCA diagnosis and my question to her was if you decide not to have the surgeries how will you feel if you then end up having cancer and her question was oh I couldn't cope with that so then it's like well okay so now you know you've got that then what is it you need to feel okay about the surgery and there's so much advice and support available to to us BRCA people that I would I I took everything and I spoke to everyone and I went for the counselling and had extra sessions to make sure and for me the bit I think it's working out what where you get most stressed so it's like, you know, when you have an exam, are you going to feel most stressed in the build-up to the exam or during the exam or after the exam? Mm. And for me, my build-up was always towards the operation. Mm. Like, once it's done, it's done and you can move on. Right. Other people really struggle afterwards. So I think it's knowing how you feel about those processes. Yeah, I mean, people get breast cancer in out of the just, blue. Yeah. And I think I was really, really fortunate because I'd lived my whole life thinking I'd get cancer and then I got the option to take actions to prevent myself from getting cancer whereas people who get breast cancer and then have to overnight make a decision about a double mastectomy you don't have that preparation time Mm. you just go straight into it Mm. and then you have it taken off and that is a lot harder afterwards because then you have to cope with all your I mean losing your breasts for some people is is like grief and you grieve the loss of your breasts because they're so important to you I think it really depends on how you view your personal self-image. And ha- and how have you explained it to Matilda and I, or have you all... Well, because my mum died, uh, was dead, and they've never met their granny, I always said to them that my granny, that my mum was a bit like a toy, and that sometimes you have toys, and you can fix toys, and you can take them to the mummy hospital. Yeah. And you can fix them, and they can come back. Other time, toys are so broken that you have to throw them away. Yeah. And so I said to them that she was, her body was so broken that she couldn't survive, so she died. So they've always known that, and then they've known I've had the surgeries, and they've known that something inside me is a little bit broken. Mm. 
and that I've had the surgeries to stay healthy. Are they at risk as well? Is yes. They... So... Well, they have a 50-50 chance they will have inherited the gene. Okay, all right. I mean, that's, you know, slightly... I mean, it's not great, let's be honest. But I'm, I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> go, Ellie, go. I'm yeah. not talking. It's not working, is it? She can talk now. It's working. Oh, okay. Um, well, oh, okay. Well, it is. And then, but there is an option now where you can have your, um, your eggs washed to check and to remove it out so you can do this thing wow. where they can ensure that your child is born without the mutated gene. A, I didn't know that was possible, and B... Well, I was born. <laughs> yeah. So if my parents had done that, I'd never be born. And 20 years ago, they didn't even... When did my mum die? 30 years ago. 31 years ago. Um, they didn't even know it was hereditary and they didn't know there was a mutation and they didn't know what they could do to treat it. So by the time my girls grow up, they will have changed the treatment so much that they won't have to do... All, I don't think they'll have to do all the stuff that I've gone through because mm. there will be a different option available to them. See, that's the way to look at it positively. <laughs> there will be robots! Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we'll all just be living as an intelligent gas by then. So yes. it'll all be yes. fine. It will be green pill, yeah. red pill. It will be, be in the Matrix, <laughs> won't we, Ellie? It will be completely fine. Well, we're, quite, we're quite an interesting bunch of people, us bracket people, because it's genes and mutations and it's mm. playing with that stuff. I love this. Do you have like little bracker parties where you get together and go. <laughs> you got a Facebook oh. group? That's that's the real test. Yes, you do. Yeah. Wow. It's a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. It's called the Bracker Sisterhood, and you can only go on there if you're a Bracker person, and they check. Racist. <laughs> Racist. Joking. Genist. I think it's genist. <laughs> Just saying, what about people who haven't got BRCA? It's like Women's Hour, when is it Men's Hour? What about people who haven't got BRCA? Where's their Facebook group? Hey, what's going it's on? It's called Facebook, There Ellie. are plenty of Facebook groups for everyone else. There are loads. There's a, there's a flat and fabulous if you decide not to have implants and have it built back up. There's all manner of things that are there, and so it's really good. And yeah, because that's what I was going to ask about. Are there charities in particular that you would recommend or mention? So what, if they want to find out whether they've got the gene or not? Yeah. Well, they just go to their doctor and then they talk it through their history. And if their history is sufficient, then they will trigger a referral. Mm-hmm. But also, when now, when most people have breast cancer, they offer the option to genetically test that person to see. Okay. So you can have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how someone I know found out, because they the mother tested when she got it. But in terms of support, there is the most incredible leaflet that the Marsden have produced for BRCA1 and BRCA2 carriers. Which explains everything that you need to do and look through and all the options available to you and your lifetime risks and what all of that means. It's the best resource. And then for me, the best resource I found was the Bracca Sisterhood on Facebook. I mean, so, it's me and a whole load of Ashkenazi Jews and and um, Icelandic <laughs> people. Because <laughs> apparently you're descended from certain gene Oh, is that right? Oh. So it is, it's, it's traceable to certain demographics. Certain it is cultures. racism, Ellie. It is racism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither Ashkenazi Jew nor Icelandic or Scandinavian. So you say. Uh, <laughs> uh, say how interesting. Yeah. So, so looking back now, are you? it seems like you made the right decision. I made the absolute best decision I could possibly have ever made, yeah. No regrets? <laughs> no, none. Well she Alice. regrets Ryan. Okay. No regret of Ryan. That's the reference I was making. So... <laughs> That was actually so the song quick. I played during the labour of my first child. Oh, wow. that's nice. Thinking all the time, I fucking regret this. <laughs> why? why did you put your sperm in me, Matt? Why? Uh, yeah, no, take it back. <laughs> um, I can now wear underwired bras as well, because that was the bit that was a bit weird. But I've now got underwired bras. I can go to a normal shop. I don't have to go to Bravissimo anymore. All right, stop showing off. <laughs> oh, me and my extra special boobs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're just jealous I know I am a little bit um, <laughs> Helen let's let's move on to a lighter topic I feel like we've done breast cancer mastectomies oh, no. let's, let's move on to something really cheery menopause <laughs> yay, yay. <laughs> now, I, must, I must say look I'm, I'm so glad you're on the podcast to talk about what you've talked about but we've had lots of emails requesting me talk about the menopause because I think it's still it's still a bit taboo Alice Oh, it's awful. It's awful. I um, I have never felt that I could openly talk about it at work because people 
freeze when they think someone's got the pinnacle. It's like, oh my god, a hysterical woman, watch out! <laughs> and um, and it really, it does impact you. So it's just one of those things that you can't talk about. And there are certain things that happen to you when you have your menopause that you can't talk about because it's like, oh my God, that's too personal or that's too much information. And you're like, I just want to talk about it. Does Transport for London need a new button? Like, you yeah. know, it's like baby on board. Yeah. I'm menopausal. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, Alice, but normally um, we're, we're quite sort of re- reserved and we don't like to talk about anything too personal or open up too much or be no. too honest. Um, but let's make an exception now. What, what is the worst thing about the menopause? Let's just lay it on the table and then, and then we'll, move, we'll move up, but let's start at the bottom. What did I absolutely hate about mm. it? So when I woke up from the uh, surgery, I went slap into the menopause. Cause from was, the ovaries. From the ovary yeah. surgery. I had surgically induced menopause. So I didn't have a gradual transition. I went from full hormones to no hormones. Wow. Um, so I went quite radically into it. And I apparently had all of the symptoms that you could possibly have at early stage. And for me, the worst was vaginal dryness. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Helen, did you just snort? <laughs> I just oh it's awful it's all I like you know just occasionally when I have oh no yeah but this was this was Sahara <laughs> yes <laughs> I couldn't walk really yeah you do need a little bit of something to... lubrication yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You do. so what do you what do you do when you've got a dry fanny do you just is it cry <laughs> have a good old cry and then the tears as they drip down they gradually infiltrate like a river they funnel in um, no L- luckily for me I uh, it wasn't too long after that that they gave me HRT okay otherwise they do suggest you use lubrication there's a lubricant they give you I can't remember the name of it but they offered it to me that was that is was... it called cheer up <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like, okay. <laughs> it's like get on with it. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know, I, I apparently had really bad symptoms, and I went along afterwards, and I said, "So, what have you had?" And I listed all my symptoms out, thinking not much of it. They went, "Oh, you've had it really badly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your toes aren't supposed to fall off. It's <laughs> oh, unusual. It's about the only thing that stayed." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have the the hot flashes like in the films? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was all before I took HRT, but it got progressively worse. And it was that thing of when you see in the films where someone's opening the cover, drenched in sweat, and mm. then waking up and then putting the cover back on and then opening oh, the cover up oh, and love. drenched in sweat. And then you can tell a menopausal woman because she sits in a meeting and everyone else is really hot and you're quietly taking your coat <laughs> off and fanning yourself. <laughs> you're just sitting there in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. You really? should have got one of those yeah. those visors with the with a built in fan, yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to make up, make up excuses like, "Hey everyone, let's play strip poker. Just let's <laughs> let's all you know." And into- actually, do you know what it's like? Because uh, when you stop breastfeeding, apparently the hormone changes is like a mini menopause. Oh really? Yeah. So you know when you've had a baby and then you start having those night sweats when you've just yeah. Had to, so it's yeah. a bit like that. But okay. Worse. What isn't that awesome being a woman? I mean, it is in many ways, but this, yeah. this, this nature's little present is yeah. is is the menopause. I oh, know, but you know what? There's I read there's only two species that have the menopause: us and orcas. And so every every other species, the female dies after they've stopped producing children. So there is obviously a reason why we are around to live past that. And so for me, now is the time to be the woman I've always wanted to be. Or a whale. (laughs) Or a whale. Orca. 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 An orca. (laughs) One of the other things that happens to you when you have the menopause um, is that your memory goes. And my combined pill wasn't really working so well. And so I went to see my consultant and I said, oh, I think I've got a bit of a problem with my memory. Mm. Because I couldn't finish sentences and I couldn't find words. And my mind was like a massive fog. And uh, the consultant went, well, how bad is your memory? And I went, oh, you know, it's it's quite bad. It's not that bad. And they went, okay, well, we'll see you soon. And I got up to leave and I went, so when am I seeing you again? And the man went, I've literally just given you a piece of paper telling Stop. you when you're going to see me. My. It's there. Oh, your memory's quite bad, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah. Case in point. Oh, yes, done. Okay, yeah, it's really mm. bad. And so they just they just play around with those balances till you get it right. So mm. I've got a patch and I take a pill. So you were saying it's made you become the person, like, what, what were you saying that you always... I always wanted to be. 
Well, I, I thought I'd be dead by 40, and now I'm 40, and I've got 40 more years. At so least. alive was a goal for you, clearly. <laughs> alive goal, was a big well, thing. Yeah, 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 you know, and so... so has it changed your personality, or has it changed your yeah, it motivation? Has. It has, it has. I, I, am a, I am the new Alice. I can't remember what the old Alice was like, so I don't really grieve her, but I am definitely... I, it's definitely changed me. I can't bear noise. So if the radio's on and people are talking, I'm that person who walks into the kitchen and turns the radio off because I'm like, I can't hear you. Oh, you nana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, I'm that elderly person. Yeah, I don't think that's having your tits off. I think that's just turning 40. <laughs> no, that was definitely the menopause. <laughs> right, okay, right. I can't, I can't, I can't hold the noise in my mind in the same way. And um, and the best thing is, is because now they've got my HRT right, I've got that like, you know that beautiful week between your periods where you're completely high and on a calm level and there's no hormones you haven't turned into a raging bitch you're not really depressed that's what I'm like all the time what are your top menopause tips how do you survive it Uh, I now tell people I have the menopause so I I meet people and I spent ages trying to work out how to tell people I'd had the menopause because it does affect me at work. I walk out of meetings and forget stuff. So my tip is to tell people and give people a gift. Oh. So I give people the gift of knowing that I've got my menopause. Oh, I thought you meant like a book token or something. No. I'll you a candle, something yeah. from the wine company. No. No. Oh. I'm not on Instagram. Screw that. I don't get sent things. <laughs> Honestly. So you so you tell them, but you view it as like I give them yeah. a gift, yeah. Because otherwise, people tell me all their problems, and I don't need to manage their problems. They need to manage what their mm. life stories are, but they need to know that I can't follow stuff up. So I give them the gift, and I personally think that we should all start talking about it more mm. because it it happens to half the population. It is a thing. It is hard for some people. It is debilitating for some people. So we should start talking about it. The other thing I do is that I have um, bone density scans so they can look at my bone density because obviously osteoporosis. I take extra vitamin D drops. I take vitamin K2 and osteoporosis, osteo, super osteo food, to replace some of the hormone that I will have lost because the long-term consequences of menopause at my age are things like osteoporosis and heart disease. Hmm. Just, I would, I would actually, yeah. I would, I think more women should take vitamin D because they don't have it, and then you can build it up. We hate the sun. Mm. Ellie and I hate the sun. Mm. That's one of the things we bond over. Mm. Well, then in which case you should definitely have it. But you should right. have the drops, not the tablets, because the drops are stronger. Okay. Let's get on it. All right, we'll get on it. That's, Done that. That's, that is our gift to you. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right. as well as as well as Ellie, some delicious free wine. Ah. <laughs> Now we should talk about the wine we're drinking, Helen. Yes. What are we? Let's segue neatly from the menopause to <laughs> to wine. Yes, wine. <laughs> yes. yes. Why she 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 perspires. We shall talk about free wine. We have been delivered some beautiful wine from iHeart Wines, Ellie. Oh, I literally heart them, Helen. I love them. They're iHeartWines.co.uk. Great. Well, there we go. That was mastectomy and menopause chat. <laughs> now let's tell some amusing anecdotes about how shit we are at parenting. Let's go, mummy. Confession. Oh, hey. Nice to end on a high. It is. <laughs> I, I want to have a double scummy while we confession. If okay, we, if we can, Ellie. Let's do it. Um, so last weekend, uh, we went to the Hay Festival, and um, we <laughs> we met Fluella Benjamin. Oh my God! Oh, you did. We did, and she oh. is like a beautiful angel oh my she god is she's spectacular she's got True. the best smile oh she's got the best everything mate honestly she 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 has not aged oh. ever she's beautiful so we had a wonderful time at hay we did a, a comedy festival show um and then before that we performed shakespeare very badly to a, an entirely uh probably bemused audience of about 1700 and we did uh <laughs> yeah. in front of jeremy bowen yes <laughs> But in the lead up to that, so that was, we, we performed Hamlet and then we had to do our show at 8.30, that was at 7. Um, so we didn't have time to go to the toilet. Uh, and poor Ellie and, and myself, we both have pelvic floors that are nothing to talk about. Um, so so we both needed a big piss before we performed. But was there a toilet nearby? Was no, there, there bollocks? No, there was not. Oh, please don't tell me you went. You, you take this So we're bit. back, so it's literally three minutes till we go on. The toilet is on the other side of the festival site and we're in Goldcastle, like it's just impossible. And then I spy the potty of truth, which is this, <laughs> this prop that we used to use. We don't really use it anymore, but we still sort of carry it around. And it's a potty that's been sprayed gold. And I'm like, Helen... 
I'm going in the potty. And she's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, I'm going in the potty of truth. And I ripped off the catsuit down to my ankles and just squatted on the potty (laughs) while Helen very valiantly like held up like a bit of cloth to try and shield me as of course the lovely stage manager lady walked back into the backstage (laughs) and Helen Helen, as always subtle knows how to diffuse the situation goes she's just doing a pee in a potty And I had to go, yes, yes, I am. Yes, thank you. She, uh, she tipped her piss on the grass of hay and then yes. she came back in, zipped up her cat suit. Uh, and, and, I, were, and I said, performed do like, you want to go? And you just went, no, I'm too uptight. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weird dichotomy between me and Ellie. Like, Ellie pretends to be uptight about neatness and then anything to do with, like, sex or, you know, wheeze and, and sort of personal things. I'm like, no! Anyway, I'm like, get it out. Pissing a potty. Get yeah, it. Get out. A pair of shoes on a table. She has a nervous breakdown. <laughs> well, that's just oh, wrong. I put my feet on the table. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Feet's different. Anyway. Uh, anyway, fine. so then we went on stage. So we performed to probably about 300 people at Hay. One of my one of my most favourite gigs. So we're performing about about a third into the show, and I, you know, I'm a bit of a show off, and I start doing like a weird sort of pelvic floor workout. At which point, my cat suit bursts open and flashes my purple bra to the to the <laughs> to the literati, uh, including Jeanette Winterson. Yes, amazing! It was hilarious. I was I was loving it. <laughs> This is comedy gold, <laughs> literally. This is and uh, yeah. So my cats had split open. So the, for the rest of the festival that night, I had to wear a um, an apron over this this cat that had exploded. <laughs> and so we went and did the book signing. Ran behind Monty Don and photo bombed him. Mm. So that was our time at Hay. I mean, basically, in a nutshell. I pissed in a potty and Helen exposed her breasts to Jeanette Winterson. <laughs> I think that's all anyone needs to know about our time at Hay. Yeah. From now, your literary career is taken yeah. off. This is it. And now that's I've right. got OBE and it's all fine. <laughs> that's right. Um, do you have a scummy mummy confession? Do you have a story of parenting failure or embarrassment you w- would wish to share with us? Uh, Helen has just made me think about a moment very similar. <laughs> oh. So... Uh, um, my first, my second daughter didn't really sleep when she was a baby, so I used to really pride myself on getting um, out of the house. Other one was two, and she was about six months, and I went to a hip hop storytelling thing at the Royal Festival Hall, and I was really of she did. did. <laughs> That's so white. That's so white. Yeah, well, it gets worse. And um, I was so proud of myself. I got out the house on time, and I got to this festival hall, and I was there, you know, pretending I was really... Down with nailing kids. it, nailing it, nailing it as a parent, and um, I was holding my younger daughter, and my other daughter wanted to be picked up, so I bent down, and um, my trousers split, <gasps> stop, all the way up to, to the, the coccyx, so yeah. they literally split in two. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, Jesus oh my Christ. god! Like chaps, <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally like chaps because I'd forgotten to put any pants on. <laughs> Now, come on, come on. Forgotten. Oh, were you in a commando phase? No, I was so proud of myself. You know, when you have a baby and you've got a child and you're just rushing to get out of the house, I dressed them beautifully. They were, you know, on all their pillow, on the right clothes. And you had no fucking knickers. I had no fucking knickers. You wore. So I had to walk across the River Thames to the top shop. I mean, I was covered up, so I was I was decent. But oh you knew your ass was hanging out. I knew I could feel my oh, ass was hanging out. But you made it. A you made it to Top Shop. I made it to Top Shop, and then had to get them to cut all the labels off. Them. Oh my god! Yikes! I have never forgotten to wear pants since then. Nobody I mean, would. Oh well, I think that is a wonderful and inspiring. Of all the things we've talked about, that's the most inspiring moment of the podcast, right, Helen. Good. Don't you agree? Absolutely. What what a, what a way to finish. Well, let's let's ruin it now by doing some admin. Oh, I like I like doing that. Let's yes. kill the mood. Yes. Uh, do. Let's make it dead. Yeah, look, we're doing Kill some it. shows. Just come and see them. It's yeah, on the website. Right. 
scallymummies.com. No, we're doing uh, London Bridge. We're doing a free gig at London Bridge at the Scoop on the 14th of June. That's right. We're going near Bristol to Clevedon on the 17th of June. Brighton Comedia on the 28th. That's nearly sold out. Yeah, month, if you so... want to get tickets, get them now. Yes. Do follow us on social media. We're at Scummy Mummies on Instagram. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because that, that helps. It costs nothing, Ellie. It costs literally nothing. Literally nothing. Yes. So do do that. Oh, Alice, honestly, it's I did not think this podcast would be such a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It really has been a right laugh. Oh, so thank you for that. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being so honest and also hilarious about the terrible things that have happened to you. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> We're either going to get an award or be shot for this, so that's yeah, good. Yeah. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> oh no, they can't shoot me. They can't judge me for this. No, no, no. Oh no, you're fine, mate. You're all right. Um, all right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank yes. you very much, I Heart Wines. We're, deliv- we're, we're delicious. <laughs> we're delivers. I've drunk a lot of this I Heart Wines. <laughs> we love you, I Heart Wines. It's delicious white wine. Thank you very much. And red wine. And all the wines. Thank you very much. <laughs> you don't even know what kind of I white don't wine know. is. You put, a, you put some kind of cover, cover on, it. on it. It's Sauvignon Blanc and it's great. Yes. <laughs> they also do a lovely Sauvignon Blanc. Um, now... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.